Praise the Lord. God is awesome. Oh, He's awesome. He's an awesome God. Oh, He's great. He's great. Mm. In the congregation of His people, He's great. I'm telling you. He's awesome. Amen. Praise God. I'm just so excited to see what God is doing in people's lives, restoring them, giving them hope, changing their lives, and just giving them joy and victory. Hallelujah. It's just a wonderful thing to know the Lord God. Amen. Romans, the 8th chapter, if you turn there, please, in the Word of the Lord. And looking, beginning at verse 28. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Continuing where we left off last week. In Romans 8, 28. I'm glad that I'm on the winning side. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. See, Calvary was not the last of the story. The resurrection was the, was the end of it, you see. Jesus Christ is alive. He lives. <clears throat> Romans 8, 28. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called, and whom He called them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Woo, glory. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Yes. Amen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is God that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is Christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God everybody say even now that's a big word right there even at the right hand of God praise the Lord who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. <clears throat> For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature or creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's praise Him. Lord, we thank You for the victory. We thank You for the promise. We thank You for Your presence, God, today. We ask You, God, to give us instruction through Your Word today. Bless, God, this people in a mighty way, God, I pray. 
Oh, thank you for the hope, the promise that is in your word today. We put our trust in you, our confidence in you. And we are assured today, God, that you will keep us all the way to eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Praise God. And the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit that they that believe on him should receive. Have you ever been so, just seemed like it's so real that you feel it literally in, in your belly? It's just something moves inside of you and your spirit. It's, it's a physical thing you can feel because God's presence is so real. Somebody said, God is real. He is real, I'm telling you today. Look with me to Genesis, and let's look at another man's account in his life. This is Genesis 42 and verse 36. Man's name is Jacob, and most of us are familiar with Jacob. This is the way that Jacob saw life at one point. Jesus said, or in the book of Romans, God says in his word that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. That's what God says. That all things work together for the good. It doesn't say that all things are good. It just says everything works together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? That's a promise in the word of the Lord. But look at what Jacob said in Genesis 42 and in verse 30. Six, And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have you bereaved of my children? Joseph is not, Simeon is not, and you shall take away Benjamin away. All these things are against me. He said, Everything is against me. And then he said, And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. He's talking about Benjamin because they needed to take Benjamin back to Joseph. Joseph had requested that they bring his uh, younger brother with them back to Egypt. And so they're beseeching their father Jacob to let them take Benjamin back. Now, Benjamin was the, the, the close brother of Joseph, and he's already, in his mind, lost Joseph. And now he doesn't want to lose Benjamin, the youngest one. And so now Reuben and them are saying, come on, Dad, let us take Benjamin back to Egypt with us. And Jacob is saying, no way, because I can't afford to lose Benjamin too. I've already lost Joseph, he said, and I've already lost Simeon. And now you want me to let you take Benjamin to Egypt with you, and I'm going to lose Benjamin too. That's the way he looked at life. He, he looked at life as saying everything's gone, everything's wrong. And he said, all these things, notice he says all. Let's all say all. All, the sum total of three things. Do you with me? Three things, he says, and everything's against me. Isn't it amazing how one little problem in your life becomes all? You look at one little problem in your life and you say, oh, everything's against me. I can't find one good thing. Everything's bad. Everything's against me. It's just no good off and there's only three things right there that he's listed that is against him and they're not even right they're not even true you with me 
me out. Come on, church. <laughs> he said, all things are against me. Oh, woe is me. Self-pity. Oh, everything's bad and everything's against me. That's the way he looked at life. Yeah, amen. I, I don't know a few people like that. Do you know anybody like that? It might be me. It might be you. And the Bible says in verse 38, and he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead. Talking about Joseph. His brother's dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in which you go, then shall you bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. See, all that Jacob can see in the future is mischief. He doesn't see good. He only sees bad. He looks down the road and he says, If you take Benjamin with you back to Egypt, then what you're going to do is there's mischief awaiting him. He doesn't see anything good down the road, only mischief. And he said, you're going to cause my gray hairs to go down with sorrow into the grave. I'm going to die a man full of pain and anguish and sorrow. Praise the Lord. But I want you to understand something here. This man right here, as they return from Egypt, and they begin to talk to him, the Bible tells me he's in a, in a point in his life where all he can think and say is everything is against me. Hallelujah. He says, first of all, that his children are gone. Joseph is gone. Simeon's gone. He says that he believes they're dead. But I want you to understand something today, that they were not dead. This is what he thought when he looked at his life. This is what he thought life was. But it was not based on a reality. He only saw the dark side of things. That's all that he saw. And it was based on partial facts, partial knowledge. Whenever I look at life and all I see is bad things and, and I say everything's against me, then when I make that judgment about my life, I'm dealing with partial facts, partial knowledge. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen? He had a wrong view of life. He said they're dead. But Joseph's alive and he's sitting on the throne in Egypt. And Simeon's not dead. And Benjamin is going to be kept perfectly safe. So he's talking and he's saying everything's against me. He's basing it on partial facts. And he's lost his memory. He's lost his memory about what God has done for him. Woo! God has led him. God has kept him. God has provided for him. All he has to do is look in the past. But he's got a bad memory. And I want to tell you something about the people of God. Some of the people of God got a bad memory. We don't remember what God has done for us, how He's kept us, how He's led us, how He's guided us, how He's provided for us. We've got a bad, bad memory. And we look at a problem, and we only see the dark side of things, and we have a wrong view of life. And we start making statements that are not even true, but they're the way we think life is, but that's not the way life is. Praise God. He, 
ignored, Jacob ignored the character of God when he said, everything's against me. How? Because the God that Jacob served is a God of power. Somebody say, power? power. Oh, my, my, my. He ignored the fact that God was a God of power and that God was faithful and that you could trust God, you could take Him at His word. But he ignored the character of God and therefore dishonored his Lord when he said, everything is against me. Praise God. Now that's what he said right here. Three things that were bothering him in his life. He said, everything's against me. Oh, come on, church. I'm talking to somebody here today. The devil's tried to come in your life and let's, you, there might be one thing or two things or three things that aren't going your way and you stand back and say and cry and whine and say everything's bad. I'm telling you, you've got a bad memory. You're ignoring the character of God in your life. He is faithful. And you're dealing with partial facts. Hallelujah. The Bible says, he said, all I see ahead is mischief. That's all I see. Everything's against me right now, and everything's going to be against me in the future. Nothing's going to get better. Nothing can change. It's just bad, 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 bad. And that dishonored the Lord God Almighty. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost now. But the truth of the matter is what God says in Romans 8, 28. He said, all things... He didn't say all things are against you. He said all things work together for the good to them that love God who are called according to His purpose. Everything works for your good if you love God this morning. If you're working in His purpose, you've given your life to Him. You're totally committed and totally sold out to God's plan and His will in your life. Then everything that has happened to you in the past, everything that's happening to you right now, and everything that will happen to you in the future is only going to work together for the good. And you might stand there and say, how in the world can it happen? How can it work for the good? I only see the bad. I don't see how God could make something good out of that situation. It's just impossible in your life, in your mind. Right now you might be going through something and it's rough and it's tough and it's bad and you feel like it's all against you. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll take God at His word and believe that He's going to make that thing work together for the good in your life, then you can walk in victory and assurance and power. We've got to get a right view of life. Not what you're going through. If it's bad, it's not good. I'm not trying to manipulate your mind and trying to make you think that something bad is good. I'm telling you that God can take the bad and turn it around for the good. And when you're looking at your situation, you don't have all the facts. God knows what He's doing in your life. Now, at the end, look, look with me to the 48th chapter in verse 16. 
This is the, the moving to the end of Jacob's life. Genesis 48 and verse 16, look at what he says now. He's very close to making his step into the grave. He's about to die physically. You mean that means that he's passed through life? He's gone through life. He's lived it all the way to the end. And here's what he ends up saying about God. He says this in verse 16. The angel which redeemed me from all evil. Y'all didn't hear that. Jacob said, the angel which delivered me from all evil. I can look back at when I thought Simeon was dead. And when I thought Benjamin was going to die. And when I thought Joseph was dead. And I can see that I was wrong in my estimation when I said everything's against me. And now that I've lived life to the fullest and I look back, I can see what God has done. How he brought me through everything. He saw me through every problem, every difficulty, every rejection, every pain, every sorrow, every anxiety, every suffering. And he lifted up a testimony and he said, God, the angel of the Lord, has redeemed me from all my evil. The Bible said he blessed the lads. He said, let my name be named on them and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now that's what I'm talking about right there. Is we're looking at our life right now and we're saying, oh, it's so bad. And you might be full of pain right now, but God, when you get to the end of life, you're going to look back at it and you're going to say, Somehow, some way, you're going to say, God turned it around for the good. That one little thing that I just couldn't understand, that I thought was going to destroy my life, God turned it around for the good. It wasn't good, but He made something good out of it. Those two things that I thought was going to do me in, that was going to be the end of my life and the end of my person. Those two things, I, I thought it was going to be all over. God turned them around and made a blessing out of something that was bad. And I'm sure Jacob said, I can handle one bad thing. And not say all things are against me. I might can handle two things in my life and not say all things are against me. But he said the third one was the straw that broke the camel's back. And when I got that third observation in my mind, I said everything is against me. But he said now I look back and now I know that God has taken care of all the evil. I know what I'm talking about because I've gone through it myself. All things work together for the good to them that love the Lord who are called according to His purpose. That means the dark times in your life. You know why? 
Because when we're going through dark times, that's when we learn to trust on the, in the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Jacob, I've let you lose your son. I've let you miss him out of your life. You don't see him, you think he's dead. I allowed it to happen. Now all you've got to do is trust in me and I'll take you through all the way. I'll see you through. Think of, is there something going on in your life right now that you think is just unsurmountable? If you'll keep on walking with God and His purpose and totally trust Him in this dark time, you're going to look back at that dark time and you're going to laugh at it. You're going to laugh at it. You're going to say, I thought that was going to destroy me. And now I'm laughing at it. I see how God has brought me through. And what He's done in my life, God has delivered me. He has redeemed me from all my evil. All my problems, all my trouble, all my sorrow, all my loss, all my pain, all my suffering, all my agony. He worked it all for my good. He delivered me from all the evil. The other day, the other night, I stood before you and I said, I feel so weak in myself. Are you with me? I told you that my confidence, I believe, was slipping away from me and was becoming exasperated. But I want to tell you something. Wednesday night, uh, God's power came into the situation and I got my confidence back and I got my power back and I got my strength back and I'm walking in the victory again. I'm excited. When you feel like you've lost everything, your hope, your confidence, your strength, you feel so weak, hold on to God because God is going to take you to another level. He's going to show you His power. He's going to strengthen you again. He's going to give you your confidence back. See, Paul said, he said, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. He's going to stand there and just give thanks to God for his weakness. Give thanks to God for his infirmities. Give thanks to God for his problems. Give thanks to God for his sorrow. That's strange, friend. But that's a person who knows what it's like to walk with God and to trust God. See God bring them through everything in their life. Oh, praise God. You see, listen, Joseph, Jacob's faith had not completely matured at the point that he said, all things are against me. We've all said that, maybe. But I'm here to tell you that your faith can mature, and at the end of it all, you can say, all things have been taken care of by the angel of the Lord. <clears throat> now listen to me. I'm not preaching to you a philosophy from psychiatry. I am giving you a message from the word of the Lord. I am telling you what God says. And if we'll get a hold of what God says, we'll stand upon our feet in the midst of the pain and we'll worship God and say, Lord, you're going to make it work for the good. You're going to turn it around. I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but 
but I believe what you say. Because what I see right now is just a partial reality. I don't have all the facts. I don't know everything. You with me today? I look at life right now and I see life one way. But God says, look through life. Look through life. Because God, God doesn't have any roads. Listen, the Lord doesn't have any roads that go nowhere. All of the roads of the Lord are going somewhere. The path of mine is going somewhere. The road's going somewhere. He don't have roads that don't go somewhere. He don't have dead end streets. There's no such thing as dead end streets with God. My life is going somewhere. It's not a dead end road. It's not a dead end street. God don't have roads like that. So if I can just get a hold of that and not just look at my present situation, but see that God said He's going to make it turn around for the good, then you can't stop somebody like that. You can't stop somebody that comes to church and they've got darkness in their life and they'll run anyway. You can't stop somebody that'll praise the Lord and they're in need. You can't stop somebody who doesn't just look at life but who looks through life to the end. Glory to God. Now listen to me. He says he makes all things good. That doesn't mean he makes all things happy. He makes all things good. That means the bad times when I'm not happy. He can work it for my good. He never promised me, son, when you live for me and you preach for me or whatever, everything's going to be wonderful for you. He said, in fact, you shall suffer persecution. You're going to go through trials. But it's for your good. And the Lord's helping me to understand something. Not to give up. Oh, when everything's coming against me and I feel so weak, stand in that place and not be moved. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't back out of the problem. Stay in the problem till you see God do a work in your life. But Jacob, Jacob kept his faith. He didn't give up his faith. He held on to it. Even though at this particular time in his life, he's got a wrong view of life. But he kept walking with God and trusting God. He kept committing his walk to the Lord. And the Bible says when before he goes into the grave, he says, the Lord has delivered me from every evil thing. That will be your testimony as long as you stand and you keep on going down the road that leads to eternal life. Praise God. 
These ladies went to that conference. You know what happened to them? They got a vision that looks beyond this present life. That's why they're so excited because they got into the heavenly places. Well, the Bible said we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. They got above this present life and looked through life and saw the power and the presence of God. And now they're testifying to the awesomeness of God. It's because their vision is broadened. They see, they see greater than what they used to see. It's a bigger picture now. Now, if we can just get our men that fired up, brother. If we can get our men that fired up. If we can get our men to see beyond the present through the eternal, we could be something eternal. If we could get our men to stop just looking at their life right now and broaden their vision and see where God's taking them. Shantalabo. Hallelujah. Some of you have gotten to a point in your life where you've even made statements like this. I must be cursed and not blessed. God must be cursing me. That's a lie, friend. God isn't cursing you. God wants to bless you. And if you come to the house of God and conviction goes through your body, you know what God's trying to do? He's trying to get Jacob where he can bless him. He's trying to get Jacob to stop depending on his own flesh and his own power and his own strength. He's getting Jacob where Jacob has to lean towards God and trust God and see to eternity. Glory. I'm so happy. If you're not happy today, you know what Paul said? Standing in front of a man with his arms chained, bound as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. In a dungeon cell because he was doing that which was right. Standing there before that ruler, he said this, Agrippa, I think myself happy. Sometime when you're not happy, you've got to think yourself happy. You've got to say, Lord is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? I'm so happy, happy, happy. I don't feel it on the inside. I've been fighting some battles. But I think myself happy. That's seeing life through life not just at life it's looking beyond you with me today whenever Paul would stand before those rulers they would look at Paul under the anointed power of the Holy Ghost and they would say Paul you're a lunatic you are insane much learning hath made you mad People are going to look at you when you walk with God and in the midst of your problems, 
you stand there under the anointed power of God in victory and you think yourself happy and they look at you and know all about your problems and yet they'll say to you you're crazy much learning hath made you mad because we look at the facts we're seeing the facts but you look at them and you say I'm looking beyond the present I'm looking into the eternal And when somebody's walking by faith and they're looking into the eternal beyond this present life, people are going to look at you and think you've lost your mind. But Paul said, I'm a fool for Christ's sake. I like being a fool for Christ's sake. Hallelujah. Life can be too difficult at times if you don't just get with it in God. Glory. God right now is weaving your life with every problem you have. And not only this, not only the problems, listen to me, but the good things. All things work together for the good. Now that means good things are working for the good. Do you catch that? We're not just talking about bad things. We're talking about good things. And the good things are working for your good too. Now listen to me. What does that mean? Because if you're a child of God and, some, and many, many good things are happening to you in your life, sometimes you have a tendency to forget the Lord. But the Lord can so orchestrate your life that the good things that come to you will not destroy you. So he said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God wants to give you an abundant life. And there's going to be times when everybody pulls their chair up to their milk glass and cries in their milk grass. But I'm here to tell you, friend, you've got to look beyond the tears that are falling in the milk glass and look to the presence of the eternal God who has got His hand on your life. From the birth, He knew where you would be today. You didn't come here today by accident. God preordained this, this service today. He knew you were going to be here before He ever made you. Because the Bible said He foreknew you. So you didn't come here by accident. You're not in the house of God praising God by accident. I'm not here by accident. God foreknew it before I was ever born. So if you're Jacob right now and you're saying everything's against me, <laughs> you only got partial facts, you've got a bad memory, and you're ignoring the character of God. <laughs> because God says everything's working together for the good in your life. You believe that? Shake my hand. I believe that for you. In the name of Jesus. I believe that for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, hallelujah. We believe that in the name of Jesus. All things are working together for the good in this young lady's life. In the name of Jesus. I believe that. 
You might say, well, if you just knew what I've gone through, all things. God didn't say some things. He said all things. All things. All things. Somebody say all things. All things. All things. Not just some all things. Glory. Then he continues. He said, for he, he said, he foreknew you. He knew you from eternity to eternity. No road of God leads to nowhere. It's going somewhere. And from eternity past, there is really no eternity past. Just from eternity because there is no beginning and ending in eternity. He said before things ever even began the creation. Before the creation. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In the beginning, when creation began to take place. Even before the worlds were created. Before the stars were created. Before that. I knew about you. I foreknew you. You're not just an insignificant person walking in this earth. God has a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. He knew about you before you were ever born. And then he says, for them he, whom he foreknew. That means he's got a plan for salvation. His plan was so that you and I would be in it. Listen to me. Predestination is not planning people out of heaven into hell. Predestination is God predestiny, predestined people to make it into heaven. His predestination is to save people, not to damn them. Don't let the devil come to you and tell you that you're predestined to be lost. Nobody was predestined to be lost. God made a plan for everybody to make it to heaven. The Bible said, for whom he foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed into the image of his son. Hallelujah. Whom he predestinated, them he called. <laughs> okay. So he's got, he knows about you. He's got a plan to save you. And then he called you into the plan. But calling is not one-sided. Calling is two-sided. Because when I call somebody to come here, I'm calling them, but they, cannot, they can stand back and not be a participating party. But calling is two-sided because when Jesus says, come and get in my plan, get in my church, then you've got to be a, a willing participator and say, yes, Lord, I want to be a part of your plan. I want to be a part of your purpose. I accept that. And if you came to church today, he called you. He called you. He called me. Hallelujah. The Bible says in them that called, that he called. And responded to the call and got in the plan of the church. Them he also justified. 
Oh. I don't know anything that attacks me more than that. To know that Adam sinned against God and they felt rejected by God. They felt guilt and condemnation. But when I came to church today, God had a plan of salvation. He had this church plan and He called me to this church. And when I walked in and became a participator in that, that's when God justified me. And I don't come to church today with guilt, with a guilty, condemning conscience. I don't feel inferior. Because I can stand in the very presence of the Almighty God Himself. I like what Elijah said when he stood before Ahab. He said, I'm standing before you, Ahab, and you hate my guts. You hate me, Ahab. I've heard about the way you've talked about me. I heard that you said that I'm a troublemaker in Israel. But let me tell you the whole story, Ahab. I'm standing before God right now. And if I can stand before God, I can stand before men and not feel inferior or intimidated. So you can hate me and you can call me a troublemaker, but I'm standing before God. I'm justified in the eyes of God. I'm right with God. And if you're not right with God, listen to me, and you begin to feel conviction about your life, you know what you do about that? You don't take off and run from it. You say, Jesus, I feel your goodness and mercy coming to me right now and making me feel convicted. So, Lord, forgive me of that sin right now. I want to put it under the blood. And if you'll put it under the blood, you won't feel the condemnation of God. You'll have the blessings of God. You'll have the power of God. Just confess it before God. You got sin in your life? Say, Jesus, forgive me of the sin. And the Bible tells me, boom, He'll justify you. He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you. So now I'm no longer like Adam feeling condemned and guilty. I feel right with God. I am right because he's justified me. He's forgiven me my past sins, my present sins. But not only that, my future sin. If he foreknew me, that he knew when I would mess up. But he said, I've got a plan to forgive. When you mess up. When you mess up in the future, I got a plan. Just come back and say, forgive me, Jesus. Wash me in your blood. Restore me. Refill me. Renew me. And the Lord says, okay. I called you. You came. You repented. Now I'll make you right before me. Oh, come on, church. God forgives his people. God forgives, period. Listen to me. Some of y'all think you're living in a sin situation right now that is an ongoing sin situation. That you miss God one time in your life about something in your life and therefore it's continually unforgiving, ongoing sin. I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the hell because the Bible says if He's called you and you've asked Him to forgive you, you're justified. It's under the blood. It's not an ongoing, unforgiving, unforgotten sin in the eyes of God. God has justified you. You're right in the eyes of God. 
That's the greatest hindrance to the church is when you fail. When you really sincerely love God, you fail. You feel like it's over. But God is not saying that. God says when you sin, you will be forgiven. Keep going. Amen. That's what justification is. Past, present, and future sins. And none of us want to. But if we do, then we just confess it. Somebody say, I don't want to. No, you don't want to. It's, it's bad news. Uh, too much pain, sorrow, agony. All right, death. Amen. But if you do. And then he said this. He, he, he completes the story. And he said, Him that they, he, they that just, he justified, them he also what? You might be saying, saying there, boy, you should sure are boastful. Uh, yeah, in God. You're looking at a man that's going to have a glorified body. The heat of the sun can't destroy a glorified body. The coldness of the atmosphere can't destroy a glorified body. I can go anywhere, hallelujah, because I've got a glorified body that looks just like Jesus Christ. So if he justified you, just as he justified you, he also glorified you. That means it's just as good as done. It's a, that's why I say, look at me right now. I'm going to have a, I'm going to, it's just as good as done. I'm going to be glorified. Because eternity to eternity, God's got a road. And if I just get in his plan, I'm going to make it automatically. If I just get in his church, he's predestined his church to victory and glorification. If I just get in that, I'm going to be with the crowd. And I'm not just going to go squeaking through on my knees and barely making it. I'm going in there, and I'm going to show it to you. I'm going in there victorious, triumphantly. Because God says we are more than a conqueror. I'm just not going to walk into eternity barely sliding in. I'm walking in as a conqueror, and not just a conqueror, but more than a conqueror. I'm walking in there victoriously. Some people say, well, you know, I'm just, if I just barely make it, I'll be glad. <laughs> if, if God, if he has to put me over in the corner washing pans and pots and dishes, I'll wash dishes in heaven if that's, if that's what I got to do to get there. <laughs> that's not what God says. He didn't say he's going to put you in a shack over there washing dishes for the angels. Well, we got a wrong concept about God and what His purpose is. Hallelujah. He's so awesome that He can take even the bad things and turn them around for the good. Now that's awesome. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now you remember this. Don't forget this when you walk out here and you have a, tr a problem tomorrow or the next day. Remember this. <laughs> I ask people, what, what, what did they preach? Well, I don't know. 
It was awesome, though. Let me tell you, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. I know. Oh, it was awesome. What they pray? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God is awesome. But I don't think you're going to forget this one. Jacob said, all these things are against me. But God says, all things work together for the good. Hallelujah. He said in verse 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That means devil, man, woman, child, whatever. If God is for us, who can be against me? If God is my protector, who am I afraid of? When I get fear in my heart, you know what I'm dealing with? Partial knowledge about the facts. Hallelujah. But when I go to the Word, I find out what the reality is. Because there's a reality that's greater than the temporal. It's the eternal. Did you hear that? When my body's sick, God's word said, be healed. Facts are not always true. Facts are not, listen, but brother, that's the facts. But facts are not always true. Do you understand that? Because what God says is true. And if the facts don't line up with the truth, the facts are lying. And you might say, look at all the facts and say, everything's against me. But God said, if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm telling you, I feel like, I feel like running up there, brother, I don't do a high five, man. God before me, who can be against me? He's my protector. <laughs> Man. Oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. No wonder they said on the day of Pentecost, they're drunk. And Peter said, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Well, it's 11.30 right now. And I'm not drunk like you think. Hallelujah, I got the Holy Ghost. Why? That's what you're looking for. That's what I'm looking for. If God be for us, who can be against us, the scripture says. Then he says this, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, he delivered him up to temptation. He delivered him up to ingratitude. The Bible said that he healed ten lepers, cleansed ten lepers, and only one came back. Nine of them didn't have gratitude. God delivered him up to ingratitude. God delivered him up to be a sacrifice. God delivered him up to be temptation. God delivered him up to suffer for us. But the Bible says, if God delivered him up to suffer, and all of those things I just mentioned to you, how shall he not freely give us? all things if he went the ultimate for us and died for our my sin the little things of healing and, and provision he can just that's no problem for God it's no problem for God to give you joy and victory and something to live for if he saved you if he went the ultimate and died on the cross amen glory to God somebody say he's my provider you believe he's your provider? <clears throat> You're going to look back. 
You're looking at your situation right now. You're going to look back and laugh at it and say, God provided for me. God took me through. God take care, took care of me. Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatever state I am. I've learned to be, I've learned to be content when I'm abounding, and I've learned to be content when I'm abased. I learned it. He said, I learned it. I didn't just naturally come by that. I learned how to st- uh, be without, and I learned how to have much. I learned it. Come on. I learned it because it's all working together for my good. These chains on me, Philippians, he wrote that. And these chains on him, this is working for my good. For me to live as Christ to die is gain. You take me and lay my head down on, the, on a block and you chop my head off like they did. And you're just going to send me right into heaven. You persecute me, you talk about me, you stone me, Paul says. You know what you're doing? You're just giving me a greater glory in heaven. You're just making things better for me to heaven because God's going to give me a bigger reward. Every time you stole me, I get a bigger reward. Every time you talk about me, I'm just getting a bigger reward. Every time you get mad, try to keep me from going to church, I'm just getting a bigger reward. Amen. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Now listen to me. When we sin, we sin only against God. And if God, the one, if God is the one that I need to be concerned about offending, and He says I'm okay, He's forgiven me, then the, the, it's a clean deal. It's a clean slate. He has justified us. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Now, you think Jesus is going to condemn you when you come to him and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin? He died that you might be forgiven. You think he's going to reject you when you say, fill me with your spirit, Lord, I love you? You think he's going to say, no. He died that you might have the Holy Ghost. He's not going to condemn us. He's the one that died for us. So in his death, I've got rest. And then the Bible says, keep on reading. He's not only dead, he didn't only die, but it says he, yea, rather, that is risen again. Somebody say, yea, rather. He's risen. He's alive. I'm going to sit down right here with y'all. When you first come to God and come to Jesus, all you talk about is Jesus died for me. But someday, someway, somewhere, it's going to die, uh, dawn on you that Jesus didn't just die for you. He lives in you. He's alive. He's alive in you. It's not just he died for me. He lives in me. He died for me. I've got rest. He lives in me. I've got freedom. I've got liberty. Because the Bible said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty. Freedom. 
So he, he died, you might have rest. He died, he, he lives to give you liberty. But not only that, the Bible says he ascended up. Look at it. Who is even at the right hand of God who also make the intercession for us. He has ascended up. He's sitting on the throne. And because He has ascended, I'm going to be there someday. And that's a place of honor and majesty. And because He has ascended up someday, I will be there with Him in honor and glory. Who is even at the right hand of God? Somebody say, even. 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 He came down to this earth. God became a man and walked among us. They persecuted. They smote him on the face. They plucked out his beard. They crucified him on a cross. They put him down in a sepulcher. But he didn't stay down. He came up and now he's even with the throne of God. That means he's on the throne. He's God. He's equal with God. He's even. No longer down, but even. Equal with God. The right hand of God is a figure of speech that denotes power, salvation. Amen? Not position. Amen? Are you with me today? He's even. He's on the throne. Oh, I'm so glad. That means if he's on the throne, it don't matter who comes against me. I don't have time to preach the right hand of God. But I'm going to tell you something today. If he's on the throne, no matter what comes against me, he stands up and he says, uh-uh. I'm their king. You're going to fight them. you got to fight me too. And nobody can defeat God. Nobody can defeat the king sitting on the throne, the right hand. Philippians 2 says, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things under the earth, things in the earth, and things in heaven. Everybody's going to bow down to him. So if he's on the throne and everybody's going to bow, Philippians 2 says, I'm glad I'm serving him because I can't be defeated. Totally. I might experience a, a temporary setback. I might, uh, I might get in a battle that I might get uh, defeated in for a little bit. But hey, that's not the end of the story. Praise God. And it says... He's on the throne, and he's making intercession for me. That doesn't mean he's praying for me. He don't, he's the answer to the prayer. That means that he is my life. He is in my life. He's a partaker of the pain. He's a partaker of the suffering. He's my intercessor. That means he is in the thing with me. He's the answer to the prayer. His blood is pleading my case. He don't, listen to me. Jesus sitting up there praying. His blood is pleading my case. Intercession is that he's there in my situation. With me. He's the answer to the prayer. And the devil himself can walk up to the throne. And say, and this is another way he intercedes. The devil walks up and starts accusing you before the throne of God. Jesus knows exactly what to tell the devil. The devil don't catch him by surprise. You hear me? <laughs> he brings a long list of accusations before the throne of God, and the Lord says, I died for every one of them that washed in the blood. 
So he sits there, and then when the enemy comes and tries to accuse us, the Lord says, I've justified him. Glory to God. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I thought this was going to be a five-minute sermon. I was going to let you go. Thank God. Who is he that condemneth? And it tells us it's not Christ. He saved us. Who shall separate us, verse 35, from the love of Christ? How many of y'all believe the Lord loves you today? If you don't believe that Jesus loves you, then that will lead you into many, many sins and offenses against God. You must believe that Jesus loves you or you'll be like the brethren that sold Joseph into slavery. Because those brethren looked at Joseph and they said, boy, look how daddy's treating Joseph, giving him a coat of many colors and lifting him up to a high position. Look at all the blessings in Joseph's life. And they got mad. And because they got mad, they sinned against the love of their father by killing their, or leaving their brother for dead. And he got in, ended up in Egypt. Are you with me so far? When you come to the house of God and you see people getting blessed in their life, blessed financially, blessed spiritually, blessed emotionally, you need to rejoice with them. And don't think, oh God, you love them so much better than you do me because look how much you're doing for them and you're not doing a whole lot for me I want you to know something you've got to understand that your father loves you just as much as he loves the person that's getting blessed and the reason why he's blessing them and maybe not blessing you is so you can get to a point when somebody else gets blessed you get happy Instead of wanting to be so selfish, you want it all for yourself. And you're only happy and joyful when everything's going your way. But when something good's going for somebody else, you need to say, Lord, I, you love me just as much as you love them. And I'm happy for them. God bless them. Because if you don't act like that and understand that God loves you, you'll want to kill your brother. Hallelujah. He loves you. In the midst of trial, he loves you. Glory to God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, all the hardships you can think about? He lists them right there. And he said, can any of those separate you from the love of God? He said, as it's written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He said, even persecution can't separate me from the love of God. Hardships can't. Persecutions can't. Can't. Is it can't or can't? Can't. Thank you. I'm a Texan. I'm a te are you Texan? You can't tell it, can you? <laughs> Praise he said, nay, in all, they say all things. I like this passage. All these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I can conquer persecution, sword, peril, famine, everything. By the love of God. Ooh, glory to God. Somebody, and I like the word because the word talks to us. Hallelujah. For I am persuaded. Paul said, I know because I've been through it. Neither death nor life. 
whatever situation in this life, the extremes, life or death. He said, those can't even separate me from the love of God. That means anything you face in this life, if you'll stay in His purpose and His plan and keep trusting Him, they can't separate you from the love of God. Nothing in this life. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. That means angels, principalities, powers. Angels, good angels. Principalities, powers, evil angels. I know I'll blow your mind there. Now, would a, would a good angel want to try to separate you from the love of God? No, they wouldn't. Then why would Paul write that? Because people used to believe that good angels were jealous of the people of God. You with me? And so because of their jealousy, they try to separate those people from the love of God. But Paul said, angels can't do it. And they don't want to. That was a, a theory they had. Principalities and powers can't separate you from the love of God. That means the devil himself can come against you. Just like he did Job. And take and throw everything he could at Job. But God was with Job. Amen. And look at the end of Job. Did you hear me? Look at the end of Job. James says, consider the end of Job. Don't just look at what he went through and everything he lost and how the devil came against him and how he lost his family and how he lost his wealth and how he lost his health. Don't just look at what he went through. Look at what God took him to. Look at the end of Job. Look at the way God blessed him. Gave him twice as much as he lost before. Gave him his family back. His, his, his family in heaven and his family on earth. No demon can separate us from the love of God. Nor things present. Nor things to come. Nothing in time. Present. Things to come. Anything. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nor height. Nor depth. Nothing in space. Dimension of height. The dimensions of death. Depth. Nothing can separate you. Listen to me. You know how big this creation is, and I've went through it with you before. As big as this creation is, the height of the creation and the depth of it, it can't separate you from the love of God. His love reaches beyond uh, all of that. Mm. Y'all been good. Nor any other creature. Now, creature means creation. A creature is a creation. And that means this, if God created a new earth right now that new creation couldn't even separate you from his love if he dissolved this pleasant present planet and made a whole new one even a new creation couldn't separate you from God's love hallelujah he said she'll be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. His love is changeless. His love is constant. Sounds like victory to me. From eternity to eternity. Victory, 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 victory shall be mine. Victory shall be mine. I'm going to rejoice. When I feel bad, when I'm going through trials, when I don't have everything I need, I'm going to rejoice. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, you've got a choice. You've got a choice to either stick with it or give up. Stick with it and believe that God is going to turn it all around for the good. Or give up and throw up your hands and say, oh, it's just all things are against me. Hallelujah. But I'm going to take him at his word. How many of y'all seen in your life that God has always been faithful to his word? Psalmist said, I looked at all the people of God. And he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You never see me, Brother Otto, on the corner with my can. Hallelujah. You never see me begging for bread. Hallelujah. Yes. We've all been through times of abasement. Oh, oh, oh. But even through that, he brought us through it. Amen. Amen. And, you know, why, why is it when we get ourselves in the mess, we want to blame God for it? Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm just not going to worship God today. I got myself in a mess and I can't get out of it. You've got to give God time to get you out of the mess that you've made. He wants to. Man, I've made some messes in my life. And it took God some time. I mean, you get it so mixed up and so intertwined and so confused that it's going to take time to, for even God himself to get some of it undone. Because he's dealing with you and me. And I have to trust him. Glory to God. I can be like Jacob this morning and hang my head. be like he was at the end of the story and said everything God has delivered me from everything glory glory just lift your hands and give the Lord a praise Lord God we love you today Lord we know we shall be tested in the areas of the truth but we know, God, that your word is forever settled in the heaven. And heaven and earth may pass away, but your word shall not pass away. It is the truth. And if the facts are not lining up with the word of God, and my feelings are not lining up with the word of God, then they're not right and they're not true. And I'm looking at partial knowledge and have partial reality. And I've got a bad memory and I'm ignorant of and ignoring the character of God. But Lord, I trust you today. And I thank you for what you've done in your people's lives. I rejoice with my sisters, God, who rejoice. I weep with those who weep, God. And Lord, for in weeping or in rejoicing, we know that it's all working together for the good. In Jesus' precious name.
Clap your hands unto the Lord if you believe the word of the Lord today. <clears throat> Lord, I worship you, God. I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The greatest need for humanity is what I've just told you about this morning. And that is love and acceptance. Everybody needs it. And Jesus says that he himself loves you. My greatest need today is love and acceptance. Of course, salvation, but I'm saved. But as a saved individual, my greatest need today is love and acceptance. And God says it's yours. Amen. Hallelujah. Now don't be so tough. Some of y'all act like I don't need love and acceptance. <laughs> oh my. Jesus said it's yours. Glory to God. Woo. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord Jesus, there might be somebody here right now, God, who's in the midst of a trial and a battle, who brought heaviness in their heart, God, with them to church today. A pain that is so heavy and so great, God, that it is even causing physical problems in their body. And I just pray right now, God, that your word, which is forever settled in the heaven, you have promised, God, that it will not return void, but it will accomplish that which it was sent forth to accomplish. Right now, and I pray for my brother. Right now, I pray for my sister. God, they shall see the end. You shall turn it around. You will help. You'll make it work for the good. You will make it work for the good. You will make it work for the good. In the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Isn't God awesome? My, my, my. You know, I, let me just share this. I'm going to let you go. But I've seen people go through some tremendous hardships, difficulties in their life. And if they hadn't experienced those things, they wouldn't be standing in the house of the Lord. But because, now, the hardship wasn't good, but look what God can do. He can take a tragedy and make something good out of it. Amen. If you need prayer, lift up your hand right now. You need prayer. The Word of God was for you today. All right. In the name of Jesus Christ, right now, Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, God, right now for every person with lifted up hands, God. Lord, we trust you right now, God, to take our present situation. Turn it around for the good. And, Lord, we know that you're already beginning the work. And you're causing things to, to work out for the good. They're in the process right now. Lord, we trust you right now to complete the work that you have begun. In every one of us, God. That we would trust you in the darkness and despair of my life. And in the victory and the conquering and the joy and the provision, we would also rejoice. But Lord, that we would be faithful. We would be even people. Even people. Constant people, consistent people, in Jesus' name.
bless you, Lord. 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 Praise God. The immeasurable love of Jesus Christ for us. He demonstrates it. He doesn't just say it. He's demonstrated it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As children of God... Let's sing this song. We, we learned it in Sunday school. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Let's sing it together. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, we are weak, but He is strong. Yes, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Hallelujah, Lord, we bless you. Oh, we love you today, God. We love you today, God. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for loving me, God. Thank you. I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy, but you love me. Thank you, Lord. 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 Jesus, you love me, Lord. You love me, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank the Lord for His ministering presence in this service this morning. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in our lives, God. Restoring hope. (laughs) Giving us strength. Giving us joy. Anointing us. Meeting with us. Fellowshipping with us. In the name of Jesus, you're a great God. A great God. A great God. A great God. Say it with me. All things. All things. All things. Work together. Say they're working together. For the good. For those that love God. Say, I love God. And I'm called according to His purpose. The promise of this word is for me and I clap my hands into the Lord let's all say it together for his promise is true 
His word is true. My facts of life that contradict his word are a lie. His word is true. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Woo! Woo! Bless his name. All ye his people. Woo! Bless. Bless. Amen. If the person that's with you, if they're not any good in darkness, they're not any good. You with me? If I'm in a battle and I can't see who's with me, I have to trust that they're really with me. Hallelujah. Because if they're not with me in the dark time, they're not with me in the light time. But Jesus is with me in the dark time. I know he's faithful. Amen. God bless you. I love you today. It's hard for me to displace you from the presence of the Lord. But nonetheless, you're dismissed in the presence of the Lord, not from it. Because nothing can separate you from his love. He's an awesome God. Clap your hands one more time. Shout unto the Lord. With a voice of triumph. Oh, God, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You have no dead end roads, no dead end streets. You're awesome. In Jesus' name, God bless you.